in Luke 15, beginning with verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as the one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. You can have a seat. So we just heard this passage in Luke 15, and and I just want to share really quickly a reflection with you about this passage. Uh, This would be a very non-typical passage to read on Christmas Eve. Most are expecting maybe a few chapters earlier in, in, um, in Luke 2. But tonight I want to just talk about how much this reflects the purpose of this night that we celebrate. You see, this night is about the dawning of God's solution. This night is about the 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 eve of God saying I'm sending I'm sending salvation I'm sending rescue and in Luke 15 Jesus is actually telling the third of three stories that he tells he starts by talking about this lost sheep and that a shepherd was 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 distraught because he had a hundred sheep, but 99 were, were present with him, but one had wandered off, and he left. He left the 99, and he chased after the one. And in doing so, he came back, and he, he gathered people together to say, celebrate with me, for my sheep was lost, and now it's found. 
And right after that, he went right into another story about a woman who had lost a coin. And this coin was so precious to her. And, and she went all around the house. She tore the house apart just to find this one coin. And I just kind of picture her, you know, if we were to put it into a modern-day context, and she's just, like, overturning furniture. She's sweeping out, you know, all those places that you never clean in your house. Yes? Right? Who, whose house it's clean under their stove? Yeah, right? Well, some of you, you are welcome to come to my house. But she turns the house upside down, and she finds this coin. And she, she goes proclaiming in the streets, everybody, look, I lost a coin. Now, I, don't, I just want you to think about this for a minute. If, if, if I were to have lost a, a quarter, okay, we'll, we'll make it even... We'll say, let's say it's a, it's a, it's a dollar coin. And, and, and I lost it, right? And I, and I looked everywhere, everywhere. All week long, I looked for this coin. And I finally find it. And I come running up here, and I'm like, everybody, check this out. I lost a dollar, and I found it. I would be the only one excited in the room. If I had 99 sheep and I lost one, most people would look into that story and say, Dave, or insert your own name, you still have 99. Don't bother. What, what, if, you, what if you walk away from the 99 and something happens to the 99 just because you're chasing after the one? It's a matter of value, Dave. It's a matter of value. Hold on to your 99. Hold on to the other things you possess. Don't, don't waste your time looking for a coin. You see, this is what's so great about Jesus, is that he ends his teaching by talking about a son. See, this isn't a sheep. And this isn't a coin. It's flesh and blood. It's, it's family. He says, now, the father had two sons. We've heard this story before, maybe not on Christmas Eve. But what I want to convey to you tonight, no matter where you are along the path of following Jesus, wherever that may be, there is one thing that you need to know because it is a story that is countlessly told through all of Scripture, is that God is the pursuer. And it doesn't matter how seemingly insignificant you think you are, he is going to continue to chase after you. He will. The story says that after, or when he went to the father and, and asked for the money, some of you may know this, some of you may not, but to ask for your inheritance before a, a parent was deceased was a, to essentially wish them dead. So the son goes to his father and says, give me your inheritance. In other words, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. Just give me what's owed to me and I'll be on my way and I'm just going to live my own life. It comes to the end of the money. He spent it. It didn't well for a season. In the video that we showed earlier, 
He says, it doesn't matter what we put in there, this can't seem to replace Jesus. And this son went out and he, and he did just that. He tried to fill every void that he had in his life by the money and the things that it would buy him and the people that it would gather around him. And it came up empty. And when that happened, he realized, I'm in such a bad place. The only job he could get was, was to feed pigs. And I don't know if you can imagine this. I mean, I, I, have, I have like a, a fairly weak, anyone else have like a weak gag reflex? Anyone, come on, come on, don't leave me hanging here, okay? This is interactive this tonight, okay? So, and so I, I, don't, I can't picture this. I can't picture being so down and out that I would look at the slop that was being offered to the pigs and think, that looks pretty good. And yet here he is looking at it and desiring the slop from the pigs. And he, and he has an awakening. He says, what am I doing? Even the, even the least slave of my father has, has enough, is, is well taken care of, is well fed. They have more than I do. And he realizes exactly how far he's come. And he, and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to repent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw myself at the feet of my father and beg for his forgiveness be restored to him and see this is this is why this story is the Christmas story because the story goes on to say that even while the son was a long way off the father saw him from a distance and he ran he ran to his son and before his son could even explain, didn't even matter what his son had to say, didn't matter what he had done, where the money went, it didn't matter what it was. And you have to remember, he's been feeding pigs. He is not the presentable son that left with the money. The Bible calls this story the prodigal son. And it's a very interesting word, and I, I will say this, and I'm, I'm treading on fine line here, but I think that this is one of those times where the translators got it wrong. You see the word prodigal? It means lavish, extravagant. That's what it means. What it's really saying is that it was the, the extravagant, the lavish son. Well, the son... Maybe he lived as if he were lavish or extravagant, but really what he was was wasteful. And the real lavish, extravagant character in this story is the father. Not only does he give the son the inheritance, but upon returning, he throws everything right back at the son. Son, I gave you everything that you, were, you deserved. I gave you everything that was owed to you. And now, because you've returned, here, have a coat, put put shoes on his feet, put a ring on his finger, essentially saying he's, he's still family. Kill the best calf we have. Let's, let's party. Let's do this. This is lavish. This is extravagant. This is the Father showing us so clearly that he was a long way off. He saw the Son. He ran to the Son, and he lavished upon One thing that we can know is this. 
matter how far that sun was away, what we can see very clearly from the story is that the father was always watching. The father was always ready to be near. In this Christmas season, can I just remind us tonight that God did the very same thing for each and every one of us when he said it's time and he sent his son to be born humble in a manger so that he could be near to you. Tonight, the miracle of the Christmas story this year, and hopefully for some of you, maybe for the first time, that you recognize that no matter how far, no matter how great the distance that you think that you have placed between you and God, no matter that distance, he is still near. And no matter what road you've gone down, no matter how far that path is taking you away, at the other end of that path is Jesus. And that's what he came to do for you and for me. Now some of you in this room, you place your faith in Jesus been following him for a long time. See, in the story, you're the shepherd that goes after the one sheep. You're the woman who turns her house upside down to look for the lost coin. You're the father waiting anxiously for the son to return. For those of you who know Jesus as Savior, as Lord, as we have sung about countless times tonight, not just Savior, Lord, but we proclaim him as being king over our lives. He places you in that position to say rightfully now, look after the sheep. Look for those who are lost. Look for those who are lost. Pursue those who are lost. And if you tonight have not yet crossed that line of faith, can I just tell you, you're not going to have it all figured out. I've been following Jesus since August 21st, 1986. And I still have times where I open up the Bible and it just makes me weep because I learn something new. Some, my eyes are open to something new. You'll spend the rest of your life learning how and what it is to follow Jesus. You'll spend the rest of your life learning how much God loves you and your heart will continue to be open. But tonight, as we witness the miracle of God sending his son, as we celebrate that tonight, can I just tell you that God has made himself approachable to you? There is nothing you need to do for him. There is nothing that you need to correct. There is nothing that needs to be made right before you can be ready to receive Jesus as your Savior. If that were true, then Jesus' coming doesn't carry the power that it really does for you. Because Jesus has paid paid it all. He has made it possible for every wrong to be made right and for you to walk in freedom and forgiveness and love every day for the rest of your life. And so tonight in a room full of people across the spectrum of their relationship with Jesus, can we just bow our heads for just a moment? Just close your eyes. You don't have to bow your head. That's kind of cliche. Just close your eyes. 
And this is a moment just for you to have between you and God. But before we say one more thing, I just want you to invite, just say a, a, just a simple phrase to Jesus tonight. Jesus, I am ready to hear from you. To say that in the quietness of your heart. Jesus, I'm ready to hear from you. And across this room tonight, would you settle, Jesus, something in our hearts and our minds that this Christmas season would need something new and different for us as we move forward into the celebration of tomorrow and the, the quietness of this night. Jesus, we should be in awe of you. There are some lost sheep and lost coins in the room. And there are also a bunch of sheep that used to be lost and coins that used to be still under the stove. Would you reveal your love to us in a new and refreshing way right now? Friends, God loves you so much. He loves you so much. And this doesn't have to be a public but in a quiet moment between you and God. Would you like to be found? Would you like for the Father to be lavish and extravagant in his love for you? And if the answer is yes, the Bible tells us that whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, they will be saved. And so I invite you to freely accept the outstretched hand of Jesus tonight. Like a shepherd to a sheep. Like a woman reaching under the stove for the coin and pulling it up and proclaiming that it's now found. Would you let that be you tonight? Jesus, for those in this room who have been walking with you for so long that they have forgotten that they were once a lost sheep. They've lost sight of the fact that they were a coin covered in lint. Remind us and refresh us once again, Jesus, that we would walk anew in our salvation as we celebrate your coming birth. Fill us with wonder. Fill us again with hope. Give us your joy. Help us to walk in your peace. 
It is these things that you bring to us for those who call you Savior and King. And so tonight, Jesus, we collectively around this room, as you fill us with a sense of wonder of who you are and who you have been for us, we celebrate you and we love you and we worship you. You have come as a baby, but you were also king. And you grew. And you taught us how to love the Father. You taught us what the love of the Father looks like. You taught us everything we need to know. And then just when it seemed like everything was going to be resolved, instead of taking a throne, you took a cross. And you died for us. And yet what we celebrate, Jesus, is that three days later, you conquered sin and death. You became the great shepherd. You became the king once and for all, for all eternity. And the Father sat you back on that throne, and you sent us your spirit to help us and to guide us to live for you. And so these things we embrace and we celebrate tonight. We were once lost, and now we're found. And we sit here receiving the lavish extravagant, prodigal love of God. So tonight, friends, um, as is a level of tradition, as we hand out these candles tonight, 